0: Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Um, Thank you, guys. That's fantastic. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. You must have had some inside information onto this message, I think. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) Well, let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that you are here as we've already sung about and we've already heard and we've thought about in our minds that you are present in this place. And so we pray that you will help us to live our lives this way, that we can recognise that you are present always with us and the possibilities of that, the wonder of that, the whole dynamic transforming power of that will be made real to us as we recognize that, Jesus, you are present with us. But as for now, we just pray that since you are present with us, by your Holy Spirit, you will just lead us along, guide us in the thoughts about this passage of Scripture and help us to understand a little more of what your great heart is wanting us to know and enter into. Holy Spirit, we look to you, Jesus, We love you we praise you we worship you we commit this time to you now in your precious name amen now as you've just heard this passage is not the whole story it goes right back to about verse 11 but i thought this just uh, would be enough for us this evening to have a look at and i want to look at the passage through what i'm calling a lens now i'm a bit of an amateur photographer still learning and uh, enjoying my learning and so looking at this passage i want us to look through it through a lens and the lens is psalm 116 9 if you're quick at finding that verse it's fine if not don't worry well we'll, i'll just read it out to you but uh, this verse first of all says that i may walk before the lord in the land of the living and then the second verse i guess you have got to have two eyes to look through a lens right well maybe one eye but uh, depends on how you're doing it. Uh, verse sixteen eight of Psalms uh, sorry, chapter uh, Psalm sixteen verse number eight, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. So those two verses that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living, and Psalm sixteen eight, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So what I want us to do is look at this passage in the light of these two verses, which basically tell us this, that we are to live in worshipful awareness of Jesus' presence and his person and his purpose in our everyday existence. So in our everyday existence that we're living before the person of Jesus Living before his purpose, conscious of his purpose, and conscious also of who he is that we're living before. We heard earlier that, um, you know, we're actually in heaven already. You know, a lot of people talk about, as we've already heard, that heaven is coming. But actually, Jesus has brought heaven to us. And we're actually beginning this life of heaven right here and now. How is that? It is because Jesus lives within us and we are living before the very living presence of Jesus day by day. So I want us to try and capture the fact that wherever we go, whether shopping or whether to work or whether just wandering around in the park or whether at church or wherever we are, we're living our lives in the very presence of Jesus. To actually live our lives, as the psalmist says, um, in, w- w- how does it put it now? Before the Lord, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living, in other words, in everyday life. Now, if we look through that lens to the passage that, we're, uh, that we've just heard read, we'll uh, discover a few things. Now, first of all, Cleopas, which is the name of one of the disciples, the name of the other disciple, we're not sure who it is, but uh, anyway, we know one name and that's Cleopas, but there were two of them. They were a, a pivotal point In their lives can you imagine what it was like they'd walked and lived with Jesus for a long time and then Jesus suddenly was taken from them he was he was gone he died and they were so discouraged they were disillusioned they didn't know what to do where to go so they decided let's just go home let's just get out of all of this and we'll just go home so they were at a very serious time in their lives when they could have just walked out on all that they'd learned, on all that they'd known. So this was the the crucial part of their lives that they were at. And we can look at ourselves right now and say, well, we're at a kind of maybe not so crucial time of our lives, but we're standing at a pivotal moment, aren't we? 2018 is just about finished. And we're looking forward to 2019. With all that's gone behind us, well, a lot of it might be good as we've heard from your pastor or some of it might be bad. But we're looking forward to a new year. Now, that's just the same as Cleopas and his friend were, standing at this very pivotal time and just wondering what was ahead. What was going on? Now, in my life, I've been a, a person of uh, projects. I've been driven by projects. And so many times in my pastoral life, in my ministry life, I've been presented with, what do I do now? Which way do I go now? I remember sitting at my desk in my office once and just praying and saying, Lord, where to from here? And very shortly after that, someone walked into my office and handed me a book and said, you should read this. And the title of the book, this is no kidding, the title of the book was Where To From Here? And so I thought, maybe God is speaking to me here. And so I opened this book and here was a whole new project that I embarked on, and so I began to train the people and get the people all ready, and and we went on this whole project. Now, it was reasonably helpful, but uh, I really was missing out on something. There was another time when I uh, was just wondering, you know, what am I going to do next? I felt like the church was just coming to a parallel, uh, sorry, a. Um, um, a sort of a plateau, and uh, I I just didn't know what to do, so the only thing I thought of doing was calling up one of our elders, going to his house, visiting him, and saying, you know, what do you think I should do? what's, What's coming up? And he said, "Well, what I think you should do is," and he was a businessman. He said, "I think you should, um, you know, really set yourself a whole lot of goals, and think you should get a, a real vision, and think you should get it printed out, and get the people enthused, and and uh, you know, he was really handing me a business model, basically, to for the next section of my life, and so." I uh, employed all of that, and I tried to get the people enthused, and and a lot of what I did was helpful. I think it did help the church a little bit. I think it helped me a little bit, but again, I was just missing out somewhere. There was something I just didn't quite g- grab hold of, and you know, the thing that I was missing was what Cleopas and his friend were missing, and that was that they weren't conscious of the fact that Jesus was right there. They were looking for something to hang their lives on, something to hang their future on, something to make sense of their past. But what they weren't conscious of was that Jesus was already there. And this was, this was true with me, although if you'd asked me as a pastor, I would have said, oh, yes, I know Jesus is with me. But you see, I wasn't really walking before the Lord in my everyday life. I was reaching out for this project or that project or or something that, you know, would drive me to some kind of uh, success or some kind of um, conclusion. But I wasn't realizing that God was already at work. God already had his projects. And that was true of Cleopas and his friend. They didn't realize God had his project already going. The project was already going. Jesus' death was part of the project. They didn't realize that. They thought that everything had come to an end. They thought that this was death. This was the finish. This was, you know, the the absolute end of everything in their lives, and they didn't know what on earth to do next. But God was already planning, working, doing his will, but they were just not conscious of it. And so here we have the great challenge that lay before them, which may even lie before us, and that is, we've got to, as they did, understand who is this person that we're dealing with, Jesus Christ. Secondly, we've got to understand what his purpose is in our lives. And then thirdly, we need to understand that he is with us every moment of the day, whether we feel him or not, whether we sense him or not, Jesus is present with us. And by the way, his plan is already in operation. I mean, I was looking for plans. Where's the plan? But God was already working. God's plan was already in operation, but I was looking for the plan. And my whole life, unfortunately, I'm just starting to learn, now I'm getting to the age I am, I'm just starting to learn that I need to be getting on board with God's plan rather than trying to find my plan than asking God to get on board with mine. It's me getting on board with His plan, not Him getting on board with mine. And so so often churches, I think, uh, my life certainly has been that way. Churches have been trying to get God on board. But no, he's already working out there. Let's just find out what he's doing and get on board with him. Uh, absolutely wise advice. And that's what was happening here with these two that were on their way to Emmaus. So understanding his person who is this person well these two um, as we find out in the story i've got all my notes nicely written out and i'm just rambling all around the place now but uh, these two in their story they said oh he's a prophet he's a great man we thought he'd deliver israel they didn't quite get it did they he wasn't just a prophet he wasn't just going to deliver israel from the romans at that very period he was god he was god in flesh He was the one that redeemed them through his death from their sins. He was the one that was providing salvation through the very death and resurrection that he was going through right at that time. But they looked back and said, oh, he's a a wonderful prophet. He's a great man. He's someone to follow. He's someone to worship. Oh, guys, don't you get it? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is the Savior. We have got to, first of all, come to grips with the person of Jesus Christ and how important he is. I remember talking to my uh, worship team at, at Mounties just down the road here some years ago and saying, Guys, what we really need to do every time we lead in worship, we need to make sure Jesus is central in our worship. We need to make sure our songs are about Jesus, our songs are about the cross. Do you know who we're dealing with here? We're dealing with the one who has redeemed us. We are not just singing songs to God. We're not just Old Testament people singing songs to God. We are singing about redemption. We must continually sing that, that song over and over again, because you know there was a period in the church just recently where it seems like we're all singing songs to God, which is good. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. But if you leave Jesus out, you've left the gospel out. If you leave the cross out, you've left the gospel out. And folks, we're dealing with the Son of the living God who has come here on earth to redeem us from our sins. And so, as I coached our music team, and they were really getting hold of it, and they were starting to put in songs about the gospel and songs about the cross, and not forgetting some some weeks they would forget. But you know, they, it takes a while for us human beings, doesn't it, to catch on? But then finally, they got it in. And uh, I was also talking to our preaching team and say, guys, you know, when we preach, we need to realise that Jesus is at the centre of all that we're doing. We've got to grasp hold of the fact of the person that we're dealing with. Not just a prophet, Cleopas, and Cleopas's friend. Not just a prophet, not just a great man who you thought would finally redeem Israel from the Romans. No, this man has risen from the dead and he is God. He is the Son of God and his redemption should be spoken about and preached about and, and sung about every single day well, day of our lives if we can, but every single week of our lives, Jesus should be absolutely central. Now, while this was going on, my daughter was on staff. Uh, She's not now on staff at Mounties, as I am not. I'm retired, of course. Uh, It doesn't look like I'm retired, but that's what I am. And um, so my daughter went to Hillsong Conference, and she came back and she said, Dad, you'll never guess what happened. She said, over at Hillsong Conference, I went to the worship section, because she's really involved in worship. And just loves that whole scene and so uh, she said Brian took us Brian Houston took us and he's he told us he said just recently he said God had been speaking to him this is going back now probably nearly 10 years but he said God has been speaking to him that too many of their songs are just simply about um, singing worship to God and that they were leaving out Jesus and leaving out the cross And so he said to all his his songwriters and his worship leaders, you need to make sure Jesus is always front and centre. You need to make sure the cross is always front and centre. So he said, from now on, we're going to be writing and singing about Jesus relentlessly and we're going to be uh, writing our songs about him, singing our songs about him. And of course, the album came out, What No Other Name. And we noticed from that year that every one of their, uh, you know, their conferences was all Jesus front and centre, the cross front and centre. And we sung the song tonight. No other name that came right out of that heart of Brian Houston where he realised that they had not, like Cleopas and his friend, they had not made Jesus front and centre. They had not walked before the Lord in the land of the living. They did not put the Lord always before them but they had sidelined just a little not completely but just sidelined Christ and the gospel just a little we've got to come to grips with who this person is secondly we've got to come to grips with the purpose that Jesus came and died now cleopas and his friend did not come to grips with that either they were they were saying well they you know they well if you read the story they were totally mystified how come Jesus died you know we thought he was going to do this but he He died what's going on here they couldn't understand it but of course as we read the New Testament we discover and as Jesus spoke to them we discovered that it was necessary he said the scriptures say it was necessary for him to die because that necessary death was to bring about our redemption but more than that what is the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross it is in the words of scripture to bring all things together under christ to bring everything in the universe under christ into one into unity into union or to put it in another way that might be easier to understand he has given to us god was in christ reconciling the world to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation and that is really what the cross is all about the ministry of reconciliation reconciling god to human beings human beings to god human beings to one another making the whole human race one in christ but beyond that even the cosmos which is disordered out of order bringing the cosmos into order under christ that christ is all in all in other words when paul says I want you to maintain the union or the unity of the faith I want you to do everything that's possible to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace he is actually making a statement about the reason for Christ's death union unity oneness reconciliation is the message of the cross it's not to deliver Israel from the Romans It's to deliver you and me from our individuality so that we are united with Christ, one with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and one with each other. And the task that we have is to be peacemakers, to bring people together, to bring people to God, to bring people to one another, to bring that unity about. That is the purpose of the cross. Now, there's lots of scriptures that bear this out. Let me just read one to you because I don't want to sort of uh, give you a whole list of things here, but uh, for God was pleased to have all fullness dwell in Him, that's Jesus, and through Him, listen to these words, reconcile all things to Himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace, that is oneness, through His blood shed on the cross. Let's hear that again. And God was pleased to have all fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. So our task in life, before the Lord who is always present with us, our task in life is to bring about unity and oneness between people and God and between people and people. Now, I've been principal of a Bible college and I know that by the time Bible college ends for uh, each student, in other words, when they come to the end of their second year or their third year, or if they're just doing a, uh, a smaller certificate, maybe one year, they're always a little fearful and apprehensive. What is going to be my role? What is going to be my ministry? What am I going to be doing when I leave here? And often when I'd question them, they'd say, I just don't know what. I'm going to be doing. Now I know what they mean. They, wa- they want to know what role they're going to be taking up. Um, I suppose it's similar for university students. Once you've finished university, you're thinking, what, what role am I going to take up? What position am I going to have? And so there's some am- apprehension and fearfulness. So I was invited to speak at uh, my college's graduation after I'd left. So I was kind of invited back to the college to, to speak at the graduation. And uh, when I spoke at the graduation, I said to the students just what I said to you. I know how you're feeling right now, but I'm here to tell you exactly what your ministry is. I'm going to tell you exactly what your ministry is. Doesn't matter what course you've done, doesn't matter how skilled or unskilled you are, doesn't matter what opportunity you do have or don't have, I'm going to tell you what your ministry is. And this is it. God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, when you're at the shopping centre and somehow you begin to speak to someone, that speaking should be with reconciliation in mind. In other words, your attitude would be humble, gracious, loving, kind and that ministry then is in operation you say how can that ministry be in operation i don't have a i don't have a formal you know appointment at a church but jesus is present there jesus is present right there and that person is important to him that person is vital to him and if you simply share the love and the humility and the grace of god to that person then god will be working in them to bring them to himself now i just explain how this might happen Um, because it happened to us this year, 2018. Um, I was uh, required to do a course at the Baptist seminary and I wasn't very happy about it because I thought I'd done enough courses in my life. I've got two bachelor degrees, a master degree, a PhD and then they wanted me to do a week's course and I thought I don't need to do a week's course, you know. I mean I like studying but I don't want to do another week's course and I was a bit grumpy about it. And um, complained to my wife. I said, "I don't, I don't think I need to go and do this." But then, after thinking about it, I, um, you know, swallowed some pride and and I said, "Yeah, I guess, I guess I'll do it." So, but it's we're going to have to travel up from Waikiki every week to um, uh, Vose every day. Sorry, uh, to Vose Seminary and um, you know driving up and back in the peak hour traffic. Don't really want to do that. So let's book a B and B, an Airbnb. So I got on the computer and found an Airbnb, you won't believe this, $126 for four nights. Have you ever, ever heard of anything like that? Anyway, I jumped on it. Um, and, and the ad said, brand new home. I thought, I can't believe this, brand new home, $126. Anyway, so we went up to uh, this particular Airbnb and, and the lady greeted us at the door. She was all by herself, no no family in the home, great big home with just one lady. And um, just spontaneously, my wife wrapped her arms around her and gave her a big hug. And I thought, oh, that's a bit forward, you know. So, um, but anyway, just, it just seemed right. And the lady said, oh, a hug. She said, yeah, I'll take that. I said, well, I won't hug you. I'll just uh, shake your hand. So shook her by the hand and we went in. It turned out that week was one of the worst weeks in this lady's life. Not because we were there, for another reason. But... Um, <laughs> But she had some real serious problems and um, she started sharing with us and we just all we did was listen we just listened to her and we empathized with her and we said look we'll we'll pray for you that's that's about all we said we didn't sort of preach to her we just said we'll pray for you and for the other three days we just listened to her and loved her and um, then we went our way now you know how on Airbnb they write a review so she wrote a really long review and and i won't tell you all that was in it otherwise i'll i'll feel proud because of of what she put in there but what she did say what she did say was richard and joyce have reconnected me with my faith and i thought hang on we didn't even we didn't even preach to her we didn't even say anything about faith we just simply loved her now here you know If you can sort of picture this, we turned up at the door and, you know, grumpy me, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do this course. In fact, I nearly decided not to do it. Oh, hang this. Why should I do this? But here was a lady that God had prepared for us to be there. And if we hadn't been awake to the fact that her need was great and weren't willing to listen to her because of me and my grumpiness sort of thinking oh i don't want to i don't want to hear people's problems you know i've got enough problems of my own if i was like that um we would have missed the fact that god was present there working in that circumstance And the story doesn't end there because um, we sent her a little book of daily prayers. We thought we'd used this for years and we thought it was a great little book. And so we sent it to her. Uh, Just recently, just uh, only about a month ago, she sent us a message and she said, I have been reading and praying those prayers every day since you sent me that book. And she said, I want to tell you that God has been doing some amazing things in my family circumstances, and, and I won't go into details, but... She said, God is really doing some things in my life. Now, we don't know what kind of a believer she is yet or, or anything like that, but all we know is there's a response there and that God was working his plan. Now, we did not plan an Airbnb evangelism program. You understand what I'm saying? We were living every day, at least we're trying to. I, I can't say I do but I am trying to live every day before the Lord in the land of the living. Walking every day before the Lord in the land of the living. Now, Cleopas and his friend, they were disappointed. They were grumpy too, probably. They were depressed and they weren't conscious of the fact that Jesus was right there working. Now, you might have a job that you think is the worst job in the world, but let me tell you, Jesus is right there working. You might have a family situation which is really bad but let me tell you jesus is right there working you might hate going shopping but let me tell you jesus might be there working in fact we were in the shopping center the other day and we were just doing our shopping and somebody called out to us across the uh, aisle or, or or along the aisle richard i haven't seen you for ages would you come and preach for me you know this i haven't seen this guy for years and uh, here we are in the shopping center we just happened to be there at the time you know when he happened to be there at the time and uh, you just don't know but we do know god is working every moment of the day and it's not a matter of our uh, planning it's not a matter of our programming let me tell you i'm a i told you earlier i'm a project man Uh, we were responsible for starting a christian school We were responsible for starting a retirement village. We were responsible for starting a TV ministry. We were responsible for starting, what else did we start? Uh, Three or four building programs. Uh, My whole ministry life has been one of projects, plans and programs. And I'm only just now learning that I need to walk before the Lord in the land of the living and realize that Jesus is present every moment of the day. And if I keep my ears and eyes open, I keep my heart open, and I keep prayerful, I'm going to find that ministry happens wherever I am. We we have a, a, a motto in our church, uh, which is um, permeating society. And the, it, to, to many people, what permeating society means is, let's plan ways that we can kind of infiltrate society. And um, let's plan programs where we can infiltrate society and just be a witness everywhere but but I say no no we are already infiltrating society do you work in the shop you're already there are you a lawyer in your office you're already there are you a a manager in 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 a business you're already in society are you a mother in the home you're already in the in the neighborhood do you go shopping you're already there We don't need to plan a program. We need to realize that Jesus is with us every moment of the day. Um, Yeah, maybe I won't be asked to preach here again, but let me just say this. Um, I think the more programs we plan, the less we are likely to live our lives naturally before the presence of the Lord in the land of the living because we will push all of our efforts to these little compartments where the program operates. But when you are at an Airbnb, will you be open to touching someone's life because you are aware that God is working there? Or will you say, oh, I don't do that when I'm... On holidays. I only do that in, when I'm in that program. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can push all your efforts to a program instead of realize that I'm walking before the Lord every moment of the day. And this was the thing with uh, Cleopas and his friend. They were walking just in their normal discouraged life and Jesus was there. He was there. But they were thinking he was way back there dead on a cross. But he was there with them. Of course, we know the rest of the story, which I was going to bring you another three points, but time's way gone, so uh, we'll finish about in a minute or two's time. But what a challenge, and, and I share this with you, and I, I shared this at Grace Methodist the other day. A couple of folks are here uh, who will have heard this before, or part of this before. So, um, But this has been a real challenge to me, and I've been thinking about it, and how can I live 2019... As someone walking constantly before the Lord and just being uh, a couple of verses in closing. This is, uh, wake up. Thank you. Right. That wasn't you. That was my tablet here. Gone to sleep already. Let me read you, uh, these verses if I can find them. Um, Oh, yes, right up, the, right up the front here. John 5, verse um, 17. Jesus said to them, My Father is always working. My Father is always at His work to this very day. And I, too, am working. God is at work. We don't have to get Him to work. Oh, God, please work. He's already working. What we should be praying is, Lord, help me to help you. That's what we should be praying. Lord, where are you working so I can be involved? Not, God, work. Because that's a stupid prayer, in a sense. I mean, I've been praying it all my life, don't worry. Um, God's already working. But I need to be praying, Lord, help me to see where you work. So Jesus said, my father's at work to this very day. Now, and then the the complementary verse to that, um, I tell you the truth. Jesus said this, the son can do nothing by himself. All my programs and all my plans, I can do nothing by myself. He, that is the son, can only do what he sees his father doing Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I walked into an Anglican church uh, to uh, prepare for a wedding once. Uh, The wedding was obviously at that Anglican building. And uh, as we walked into the church, there was a notice on the board and it said, um, we do not have a mission for God in this church. God has a mission that we are trying to get on board with. We do not have a mission. God has the mission. We're wanting to get on board with His mission. And what is His mission? To bring all things in heaven and on earth together into one. And He's already doing it. He's already working at it. He's already bled and died for it. He's already risen for it. He's already ascended for it. He's already sent the Holy Spirit for it. He's working in our hearts and lives. And you'll be amazed... At where you find him working if you and I have our ears and our eyes and our hearts open to what God the Holy Spirit is doing. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, give us open eyes like Abraham at Moriah when he saw that lamb caught in the thicket. Give us open eyes like Jacob at Bethel when he said, I didn't realize God was in this place give us open eyes like elisha's servant at dothan when his eyes were opened and he saw the horses of uh, chariots of fire around about elisha give us open eyes like philip when finally he realized that jesus was the father in the flesh give us open eyes like paul when he suddenly realized that jesus was his savior and give us open eyes like cleopas And his friend who suddenly recognized Jesus on the road already with them, in the home, already with them, when they thought he was way off somewhere else, even dead. Jesus, give us open eyes, I pray, and help us to see as we have never seen before. And help us to get on board with your program. Help us to get on board with what you are doing. Holy Spirit, speak to us and through us about these things in Jesus' name. Amen.